Sunday, February 20th in New York City or at the Royal Hotel. And hi, welcome to the next second installment of the Making of Graceland 2 podcast. Yeah, hi, this is Nicole Hughes, the writer-producer of Graceland 2, the building Elvis never left. <laughs> this is Max Reed, the director-producer of the same project. Today has been... Ugh, my voice cracked. It's been a day. <laughs> today has been a day. So, uh, today, the day that's been a day, we, um, we held our first table read of the show. We did. Held it at Pearl Studios today um, with some phenomenal actors. And let me just say, the run-up to the table read, um, a week ago today, we didn't have any actors or anything in place that for is, this. That's 100% this is true. the first table read I've ever done, ever. <laughs> so, talk about fish out of water. And, yeah, just making it work. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. But, <laughs> yeah, luckily, um, I have... Max here who has done table reads and other folks around me that are in the biz that you know stepped up and really helped me out um yeah yeah I mean even as as late as midday yesterday we were still looking for somebody to to hold down a particular character and it turns out we ended up getting kind of people that were wonderful fits especially to have the conversations needed to to sort of flesh out this project more. And just not to interrupt, but as luck would have it, we had three Memphians in the room. Yes. That were actors, not including ourselves. So I guess total five, five people that were from Memphis in the room today. Mm-hmm. Um, two of which, myself included, actually visited Graceland too and met Paul. So it was, yeah, wonderful to have that kind of feedback. And to just hear these words in actors mouths for the first time mm-hmm. it was it was quite something to behold so we are very very thankful um to wade mccullum alan tedder alexis tidwell annalisa canning skinner jeremy belote and maximilian st prue and peter collin um all of which did an incredible job today and it's truly something um for me to hear these words come to life in a way that first of all I could have never imagined um but second of all these voices these different characters of the play you know Paul Dwight and everyone else um they've lived in my head this whole time so this is just one step you know in the process toward putting it on stage and I being new to all of it, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really cool. It also just it. It reminds me, in a in a really interesting way. This is gonna be unnecessarily sappy or artsy or whatever. Um, but you know, the the most important thing about theater tends to be the theater community, um, and the way people get to come together to experience a story and then talk about it. Let that be in the audience or let that be the people on stage. And it was our community that made us able to cast this reading sort of last minute. And I'm really, really thankful to friends of ours who decided to step up and actually participate in the reading or 
to step forward and go, oh, you know what? I know somebody perfect for this or people that we've never met before. Just like this sounds interesting and I really need something artistic to sink my teeth into. And, you know, everybody sort of came into the room mostly not knowing one another and just went for it. I'm always really impressed and kind of terrified by the willingness to just jump into a room of strangers and be vulnerable that actors have. (laughs) It's a crazy thing to watch. Yeah. Um, And, you know, this this story in this show is... It's got a lot of emotion, a lot of layers, a lot of nuance, but, you know, you know Graceland too, and you know Paul McLeod... He he was certainly a character. Um, and there's many ways to describe him and how he behaved. Um, but to write that and then to see someone perform it, um, it takes a lot of energy, to say the least. Um, yeah, and the story in and of itself is about the tragic events that took place um, at Graceland 2 in 2014. So uh, the play obviously talks about that, but it's it's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. And so to have these six actors in a room, you know, really willing to just express and go there, I, I'm forever in awe of. Yeah, that, it was really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And... I think it, I, I'm going to toot your horn and say that... Oh, stop. <laughs> the, our, our actor that played our Paul character today did so not having done any research or watched video of the actual Paul McLeod. You know, just did it off of the work on the page. And the fact that he landed on a performance that I think is quite close to what we would want it to be on the highest quite stage we would ever quite highest quite highest type stage we'd ever get it on um but on a broadway stage or on off broadway stage or even you know fingers crossed for this reading or this um festival presentation he landed on something so similar to the actual man as well as what was in my head as far as directorially and he did so just with your words. He read the script, he read the stage direction, and he understood it to a point because you were so clear with it that he was able to deliver that performance, not knowing that this was a living man. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that says something quite cool about your writing and the clarity of it. He's also just an incredible actor that's been doing this for a while. I'll take some credit too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, again, yeah, I don't know. The whole whole thing is incredible. Um, it, it, yeah, of course, Wayne McCollum, who played Paul, yeah. he embodied <laughs> the real Paul McLeod in a way that, yeah, I mean, I I visited Graceland too in two thousand eight, and someone else in the room today um, had also visited Graceland too, and we both shared the same uh, feeling and that you know visiting paul you just never knew what was going to happen like anything could jump out or you know anything could be said that kind of um nothing was predictable with him and 
to there's see a that level of danger in that. Yeah, there's there's some of that, some danger and um, thrill at the same time. Um, but on the other side of the story, because the story isn't just about Paul, if we're talking about the the tragic events that happened in 2014, the story is equally just um, as much about David Dwight Taylor, who was murdered, and that's not to be forgotten. Um, which is the point of this whole show. So Alan Tedder, who played Redford Dwight today, um, he was in To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. And yeah, I, I again, his read today and willingness to sing some blues and get in there, um, I thought was, it felt authentic um, and incredible. And then our fictional character in the play that's also the glue to the entire community is um, a character named Suga who runs a barbecue joint in Holly Springs and that was played by Alexis Tidwell and incredibly enough she's a Memphian living in New York Mm -hmm. and that authenticity I think you can only find in folks that are actually from Memphis. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think there's a type of actor that could have hit that accent more perfect because she knows, you yeah. know, she grew up with that. Exactly. And honestly enough, if we try to coax that accent out of a, a talented black actor from somewhere else, if you've not been exposed to that kind of real Southern cadence and, and energy, they might feel like they're trying to get you know something almost derogatory pulled out of them Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like no more like you know that's those of us from certain communities have experienced that thing where they they get annoying and casting directors can be like no can you do it more like and you know exactly what they're asking for and it's Mm -hmm. horrible um oftentimes um but what we would have asked for from this is quite authentic and specific to an area and a time and a group of people and she was she nailed that yeah she she definitely did and i gotta say you know the point of today's table read was to get a sense of how it sounds get a sense of what still needs to be worked on but for the festival uh the new york theater festival coming up this show can't run longer than 90 minutes so we did it for time and we did run over so that's a new challenge um we're gonna have to face um I have to oh, still we got close. We we got really close. I'm gonna have to shave probably a couple pages off, and we'll figure it out. But you know, the challenge is definitely worth um, worth it. And at the same time, we got some incredible feedback today. Mm-hmm. Very nuanced feedback. Um, a group of really intelligent, really diverse actors coming from different places some actually from memphis um yeah hearing them discuss the actual content Mm -hmm. one one note that i i love and one you know i think we all agreed and also disagreed was the use of the word main (laughs) it was used yeah, I mean, the feedback was maybe it was used a bit too much, but the truth is it's used in real life a little too much, but, like, how much is too much for a New York audience mm-hmm. with the use of Maine? And, yeah, yeah I don't know. Funny. It's a fascinating 
discussion. Um, when you look at the film... Um, Hustle and Flow. Oh, that's right. Hustle and Flow, where it was said all the time. Mm-hmm. But also, like, people got mad about how much it was said in Hustle and Flow. Because he didn't say it right. And that was even said today. <laughs> it wasn't even said with the same real authentic accent. Anyway. Man. But it's a good question to to raise. Um, and there's lots. And it's... There's lots. In this story, there is... Or there are um, a lot of different subsets of stories and and issues or topics that are interesting to have to bridge to say the least and getting a group of people together like that to discuss you know the the social justice piece of it the mental health piece of it the authenticity to a community piece of it the racial piece of it and and making sure that it's all delivered in a authentic um palatable which is a an annoying thing to say sometimes but true um and you know clear way that is honoring the people it's about and mm-hmm. the cultures it's about um and there's a lot of discussions that we had today about those things and there are more to come because of the nature of this piece which is one of the strong suits of it, as well as one of the going to be a difficult thing to to bridge beautifully. <laughs> um, but so. I think, you know, speaking of bridges, I think something that does bridge together all of this quite nicely, hopefully, will be the music. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, our aim is for the first act to be all blues. Um, and the second act is gospel, and we've got our awesome music director, Matt Wood, um, putting together some awesome blues guitar um, sequences for us to use throughout. Mm-hmm. Complete um, with texting us about it during the reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's just it. Like, across culture, across justice and injustice, for better or for worse, we do have a similar language in music. And I, I think that's like the spoken but unspoken thing here. Mm-hmm. Wait, I should say sung but unsung. Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, watching it all come together and everyone's voices singing. Eh, some I, it, I don't know. I thought it was kind of magical. Yeah. Even though it's just a first step. Um being in a little room together at Pearl Studios. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, didn't, like, I, I for, for other work, I'm traveling in the morning, I have to go to the airport. Um, and we, so we're actually staying in a hotel in New York City tonight to do this, so we're recording it on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So we're not at microphone, so if that's a weird sound thing, I'm sorry. But, you know, just being able to catch and remember all of these steps in the process is kind of just cool. Yeah. It's our little audio diary of the process. Um, hopefully someone will listen and enjoy it, but yes. Or just us later, but it is, it is very cool Mm -hmm. having been on stages and have experienced readings 
as an audience member and as a participant, as an actor, to be facilitating one that you wrote in Pearl Studios where, you know, the where theater is done at the highest level as far as rehearsals concerned, you know? Iconic shows and legendary shows have rehearsed and done readings there, and now we have done one, too. It's and a bit surreal. And again, I'm a first-timer in all this. It's my first script. It's my first everything. So I think it's good in a lot of ways. I don't know what I don't know. I think that can be very helpful because... Again, like, if I don't know what I don't know, then why can't I ask certain questions or do certain things? Sometimes that helps, sometimes it hurts. But I think it can be beneficial being somewhat a newbie because it's like being willing to take chances that maybe folks that have been in this industry for a long time um, and are more aware of the like unwritten rules um maybe wouldn't like jump and do so much but yeah i mean i know it's i know it's a cool thing to be here and doing this at pearl studios but to me it's like oh that's where our friends did it mm-hmm. like isn't that what you're not that there's like a supposed to do but like mm-hmm. to be in the city that's just what you do yeah. So that's what we did. <laughs> but um, it's a great start. But now I'm like... I wish we would have taken a picture of the the screen where it's at Graceland 2. I know. At, in room 305. We gotta take better pictures. Yeah, we gotta. Well, at least we're doing an audio document of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I didn't take any pictures of the reading either, y'all. I took a setup photo, if that helps. That's not the people, though. But... We were all just in the story. Yeah, we were doing the work, yo. Mm-hmm. That good work. Yeah. But the next step would be to cast it, legit cast it, and get rehearsals up and going and put it on an actual stage in May. And next step is fundraising for that. Um, yeah. We want to pay our actors and pay for more rehearsal space like today. Stuff ain't cheap. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, that's going to take, again, a community. I mean, what we did today was way more than the two of us. Um, It took a community of folks Mm. reaching out and finding actors and helping us so last minute. Um, And that's what this whole process is going to take. I fully believe that. Because the story in and of itself is a, like... It is a community piece. It is all in how we help or how we help and show up for people and then what happens when we don't. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on that. That is on that. All right. So we'll be launching our fundraiser. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this is out, we'll have already launched our fundraiser, I think. Well, if it's already launched, please donate. If it's closed... Um, you can support in other ways and we will figure that out just reach out as always join our mailing list um, yeah and visit our Instagram at Graceland2Play excellent 
Thank you guys for listening. I'm Max Reed. And I'm Nicole Hughes. And this is <laughs> the, making the Making of, of Graceland 2. Okay, that's so cheesy. All right. Yeah, that's cheesy <laughs> as hell. But, well, thank you guys for listening anyway. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.